Good morning, Hope Church. If you would, open your Bibles and read with me from 2 Corinthians, the first chapter, verses 18 through 22. As God is faithful, our message to you is not yes and no. For the Son of God, Jesus Christ, who was preached among you by us, by me and Silvanus and Timothy, did not become yes and no. On the contrary, a final yes has come in him. For every one of God's promises is yes in him. Therefore, the amen is also spoken through him by us for God's glory. Now it is God who strengthens us with you in Christ and has anointed us. He has also sealed us and given us the spirit as a down payment in our hearts. Pray with me. Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you so much for this time. Lord, I thank you for the gift of your word, for the gift of your son. Lord, I just pray that in this time that you would be glorified, Lord, that you would be glorified in uh, your message that you've given me, Lord, that also that you would be just glorified in our homes and in our lives, Lord, as we try and reflect you as best we can. Lord, I just pray that right now, wherever we're at, Lord, that, that the, the spirit of evil would be just locked out, Lord, that, that there would be no distractions among what we are doing, Lord, that we would be completely focused on the word that you would have for us this day. And it is in your son Jesus' precious name we pray and in his name that I preach, amen. So good morning, Hope Church. Uh, for those of you who don't know me, who are out there uh, around the world maybe, my name is Robert Meacham. I am, I guess I like to say I'm one of the preachers here at Hope Church. Uh, I haven't been on, on the stage a, a few times now. Uh, I also help lead worship here at Hope and I am just thrilled for the opportunity to be able to share a message uh, that the Lord has laid on my heart with you today. And I always get amped up to present the gospel, and, and today is no different. Uh, Pastor Jeff asked me a couple of weeks ago to, to start preparing for this, and, and he wanted me to talk about some of the experiences that I've gone through in, in my last couple of years, and just to give you a testimony of God's strength and how I got through those, those, those just crises and, and, and tough times. And so he also said, bring him a challenge. So I, you know, I think you probably need to buckle up because there's a challenge coming for you and I'm really excited to share that. So first things first is a question. How long does it take you to trust someone? Uh, or to put it like this, how long or how many times would you have to meet someone before you allowed them to borrow something of great value? Now, you know, there, this isn't a, a, a show of hands type, but I just want you to think about how long that would take you. Because some people, they might say, I need to know this person for 10 years. There are some people that would say, I've known a lot of people 10 years. I know family, and I'm not, borrow, I'm not letting them borrow anything, right? Especially something of great value. But then some other of you would say, you know what? It doesn't take me that long to trust someone. For, for me, in fact, I'm the same way. I'm actually less than a two hours to two minutes type of range. Like I, I am genuinely trusting, and sometimes to a fault, you might say. But is that really enough time to trust someone? So that brings me to my next question. What are the benchmarks? What are the characteristics or the attributes that a person needs to be trustworthy? So do they have to look a certain way? Do they have to talk a certain way? Do they have to dress a certain way? You know, these, these questions I, I bring are, are meant to highlight what I have found to be the reason that I personally am so trusting. See, I have realized that I unequivocally believe a promise. If you give me a promise, if you shake my hand 
and tell me you're going to do something, I trust that you're going to do it. I have been burned many times in my life by, by maybe we would call them friends or, or family, but I, I'm automatically trusting. But I believe it because I believe that, that you should have my best interest at heart just as I have your best interest at heart. So the next question that kind of leads me to is, has the Lord ever failed your trust? I hope that all of you answer with a resounding no. And, and honestly, I have experienced a lot in the last two years. Some events that you would probably say that guy might be questioning God's promises. So just to name a few, you know, it, it was not an overwhelming abundance of faith that kept me going through a prolonged health issues that saw feeding tubes coming out of me and, and six surgeries. It, it wasn't a, that abundance of faith that kept going. And I also didn't need to ask the Lord for an increased measure of faith to endure 10 months in Iraq away from Bethany and my sons, which included being injured in a ballistic missile attack. I didn't need an increased measure of faith. I also didn't need to beg for more faith to sustain me during a global health or economic crisis. See, all of these things that have happened, I, I can't get more faith than the first day that I accepted Jesus. Pastor Jeff said the other night when we were meeting together, uh, someone asked him about the level of faith that we have. And he said, and, and I have to bring it up because I'm sure you can imagine him saying it. He said, well, do you think that Jesus only gave you a leg of Jesus when you accepted him? And, and he's like, no, you got the whole thing. You got all of Jesus. You got all of that faith. From day one, you got all of it. So if we have all of that faith, how can I have faith, but then refuse to trust him when I start to question if I have faith at all? James 1, 22 and 25 says, but be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. Because if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man looking at his own face in a mirror. For he looks at himself, goes away, and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. But the one who looks intently into the perfect law of freedom and, preserve, and perseveres in it, it is, not, it is not a forgetful hearer, but one who does good works. This person will be blessed in what he does. See, we can hear and have faith. We should hear and have faith. But when we trust in his promises, our faith is moved to action. Our faith moves from hearing to doing when we trust the promises of our God. As doers of our faith, we, as James writes, will be blessed in what we do. Trusting God's promises is the step that I think many Christians are missing when they attempt to live a kingdom-focused life. So when we face a difficult task, we are quick to remember to say, help me, God, I need you. But then we move straight from praying for God's intervention in our situation to acting on the situation to bring resolve. We pray and then we act. But guys, I'm telling you, this robs us of a very powerful step. Don't misunderstand me. I'm, I'm, we absolutely should pray for God's help. We should pray for God's guidance, pray for his protection, pray for his provision, pray for his in interventions. But in the time between prayer and action, 
Here's what we should be doing. We should be reminding ourselves of the specific promises that God has made and fix our minds on it. See, these become just tangible thoughts. We can put our faith and trust in these tangible thoughts. And and we can say this prayer. We say, Lord, I believe you. Help my unbelief. Increase my faith in this promise. I'm trusting you, Lord, and now I'm ready for action. Two memorable passages that that I'm sure all of us have heard at one time from Paul. 2 Corinthians 5-7 says, we walk by faith and not by sight. And Galatians 2.20 says, I, I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. See, for many of us, this idea of, of walking by faith or living by faith just remains vague. It remains just a concept. To walk by faith or live by faith sounds wonderful, and we really desire it to be a, a characteristic of our kingdom-focused life. But the how-to escapes us. Our hour-by-hour, how-do-we-do-this is really where we struggle. In our daily kingdom walk, how do we accomplish this walk to live by faith and to walk by faith. So here's how we do it. We fill our hearts. We fill our minds with the specific concrete promises that God made and Jesus bought. Just like 2 Corinthians 1, 2 Corinthians 1.20 says that we started with, for every one of God's promises is yes. Then we don't just pray for help every hour. We we trust the specific promises hour by hour. When Peter says in 1 Peter 4.11, whoever serves, let him serve as one who serves by the strength that God supplies. We do this not only by praying for that supply, but by trusting in the promises of the supply. Paul says in Galatians 3.5 that he supplies us the spirit by hearing with faith. So we hear a promise We believe it for a particular need, and then the Holy Spirit helps us believe in that promise. See, through all of the events in the last couple of years, I can verify that I have no reason not to trust in God. I can trust him to heal me because he has. I can trust him to protect me because I can assure you he has. I can, I can trust him to comfort me and my family because, again, through all of these times, he has. I can trust him to provide where I have not been able to provide, he has provided. And he does all of these things out of his nature. He does it because it's who he is. I trust him because he hasn't given me any reason to stop trusting him. And he never will. You see, you may be sitting there saying, you know what, you don't know what I'm going through. You may may say, Robert, you don't know the fear spiral that I'm in right now. You don't know the the doubt that I live in. You don't know the life and and the set of tragedies that that have been forced upon me. And you're right, I don't know. I don't know specifically, and I definitely have not necessarily lived your life experiences but Jesus has, and Jesus died for those. You probably agree with me that that you want to have faith and that you're struggling with the application of your faith. 
So why is it that when we need to rely on the promises of God, that we don't crack open the vault of promises? The O of our hope arrow is open the scriptures. Specifically the gospels, I'll say that because I know Jeff would, would want me to say that, you know, specifically the gospels, but open the scriptures. In those promises, in the vault of promises, what we, what we will find is that we will be encouraged to seek those promises. And the promises have already been written down for you. They don't have to be, you know, they don't have to be made up. You don't have to be wondering when the promises are coming. They're right there. See, what I found is, is many of the scriptures that, that I'm going to highlight here in, in, in a minute, some of them I've committed to memory and others, they are just, they are written on my heart. And these are often the language that the Holy Spirit uses to remind me to trust in him. So the first one, Deuteronomy 31.6, be strong and courageous. Don't be terrified or afraid of them for it is the Lord your God who goes with you. He will not leave you nor forsake you. He will never leave us, folks. In, in all of my battles, the Lord has already gone before me. I can promise, I, I know I can stand on the promise that he has said, be strong and courageous. I can, I can use that as, as a reminder that the Holy Spirit is with me and that, and that the Lord goes before me in no matter the battle. Isaiah 41.10 tells us, fear not for I am with you. Be not dismayed for I am your God. I will strengthen you and I will help you and I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Do we need strength in these times we're navigating? Yes, we need strength. But where does our strength come from? Right there. To be able to lean on the promises already written for us and I, by the prophet Isaiah that God is going to strengthen us, that he is going to help us, that he is going to uphold us with his righteous right hand. Philippians 4.19, may God supply every need according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. Do you need the reminder sometimes that, that the provisions that you seek come from the riches of God? I know I do. I know that I need to be reminded that the provisions that I really desire in my life have already been supplied. Some of you might be anxious about your ability to resist temptation. Here's the one that I always lean on. I say, James 4, 7, therefore submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. That is a promise right there that you can lean on. He is going to, the devil is going to flee from you. It's what I pray before, ever, before any time that I preach. I say, I say, Lord, bind up the enemy. He has no place here. I am, I am relying on the promises that I have already seen to be true in Scripture. Psalm 23, 6, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. Some of you probably already started singing the old hymn right there. What a great old hymn. The Psalms are filled with God's promises. Old hymns are filled with, with his promises. And I love Jeff's message a couple weeks ago talking about our favorite song or our favorite praise song. Guys, one of the things that I have absolutely, that has been written on my heart since I was a very young man is singing this, the hymn, It Is Well, with my father. And, and throughout all of life's journeys in the last two years that have taken me from, from down in, in what seems like the pit of physical uh, ailment to, uh, to the you know, 
ultimate high of, of surviving, uh, you know, craziness overseas, I can say that it is well with my soul. No matter what happens, the Holy Spirit with me every step of the way, Jesus reminding me that it is well with my soul. One of the greatest things that happened in the last two years that brought me from, from, from a pit was our Stevens ministers here at Hope. They do a magnificent job of coming alongside people in grief and in tragedy, in loss, and, in, in, and even in my case, in illness. And they came into our home and they prayed over me and they anointed me with oil. And honestly, they didn't know what I was really struggling with. They knew I was, I was ill, and of course they prayed for that. But I was at a really, really low point. I was honestly feeling like I was worthless. Um, that I couldn't, I mean, literally all I could do for 24-7 was sit in a recliner uh, and, and get my sustenance from a feeding tube. And the responsibilities that I have as a husband and as a father and as a soldier that I take so seriously, I was not able to complete those. Well, Satan started the attack right there and he says, you have no self-worth. Your identity is now in question. Well, here's what Don Peters, and he probably doesn't remember praying this over me, but he prayed 2 Corinthians 12, 9 over me. And he said, my grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in weakness. See, the Holy Spirit knew exactly what I needed to hear in that moment. It was not a new promise that I had never heard. It was an old promise that I had heard dozens of times, maybe hundreds of times, that his power is made perfect in weakness, but I had never come to the realization that I was actually at that lowest point of weakness where I had to rely on the strength and the grace that is only sufficient in my Savior. See, God's promises reminded me that my faith and trust are grounded in him, and they reminded me of who I am and whose I am. Hope Church, I could continue on for days covering hundreds and thousands of promises in the scriptures. But this is an application of this message. Dig in. Dig in like you are a chubby one-year-old and, and he's got his birthday cake in front of him and, and I'm, I'm just imagining both of my sons and they have, they have cake all over their face. It's in their ears. That's what we need with the scripture. We need to gobble that stuff up. We need to wear it. We need to smell it. We need to hear it. It needs to be covering us. That, when, when you allow scripture to cover you, to, to write itself on your heart, then when it comes down to needing faith, it's not about needing faith to, to go on. You have already trusted that it's going to be right because as Corinthians, 2 Corinthians 1.20 says, his promises are already yes. God's promises are already yes by the strength that God supplies. Guys, just admit that you can't do it on your own. Pray that you need him. Call on God's promises and trust it. Trust it because it's true and he has never failed you and he will never fail you. And finally, when you're done, use the final steps that we've learned just a couple of weeks ago and remember to praise him. Praise the almighty father for being the one 
who stands by his promises. The one who makes his promises real and tangible that we can feel in our lives even today. And we can be so thankful that for every one of God's promises, it is yes in Christ Jesus. I thank you so much for for giving me the opportunity to share words with you today. And I hope and pray that the challenge of covering yourself with scripture, devouring scripture, wearing scripture, letting scripture just wash over you, letting God's promises wash over you, helps you when it's your need for strength. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, again, I am so thankful and I praise you for going before me in all of my trials. And I praise you for going before all of our people when they are seeing trials. Lord, I I thank you so much for being confident in in us that that we can continue to seek after you. Lord, I just pray that you would, would just help all of our people just run to you and run to your promises in your scriptures. It is in your son Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. And as we like to say always, again, I thank you all. I love you. Grace and peace.